to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, Dr. Robin McCutcheon, economics professor at Marshall University, and I have another discussion about the recent jab news, as one might expect, the current state of K-12 and university campuses, along with multiple perspectives and observations of other individuals throughout, uh, as well as current issues of the day. And these also include supply chain issues and the intentional motivations behind that, along with other current events. So with that said, her website is linksync.com, which is lync-sync.com for more information. She even has some of her past appearances on the Quite Frankly podcast on there. She's going to be on the quitefrankly.tv podcast as well. In the coming weeks, I believe December 8th is what she says toward the end of the episode. And uh, again, you can even pick up some of her lectures there on her website as well. So with that said, give this episode a listen. Interesting topics, interesting discussion to say the least. I love having her on. And um, with that said, yeah, I'll catch you on Monday. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm so thankful that you're standing up. Um, I'm just... I, I can't tell you how honored I am to to know you. You're so brave and you're so courageous that I I hope that people see you and begin standing up as well. well I appreciate that. I mean, that's that's kind of that's the driving force behind this is that other people have to just start waking up and and again, you know, I masks or no masks as as preposterous as all of this has been this entire time. Uh, the, I just, I, I view the K-12 system in higher ed as just Sodom and Gomorrah and it's burning to the ground. And I don't think anything is going to stop that. And I've said that a bunch on the podcast as I'm sure you're aware of, but, and we've talked about it before. I just don't think that, you know, law or no law, it's now officially an unhealthy, physically unhealthy environment given the fact that you have jabbed people walking around the unjabbed and now all of a sudden everybody's shocked that the jabbed and the unjabbed are all getting sick. Right. Yes. Well, you know, we're just now today, as you can tell by our weather, we're just now today entering cold and flu season. So we will begin seeing more people dropping by the wayside, dropping like flies. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, You know, sometimes you can't tell people. You have to have them walk through the experience. And I'm just afraid that this is going to be incredibly sad for a large number of people. I'm already stealing myself for, you know, when family members start calling, telling me about other family members who who are sick and or dying. So it's it's not going to be pleasant, but maybe some people will wake up. Give us an update as to what's been going on at Marshall, um, you know, regarding faculty well, and students and the whole the whole thing. Well, first of all, people can go to marshall.edu and type in the search bar, uh, type in COVID, C-O-V-I-D, in the search bar at marshall.edu. And the first link that pops up on the on the search is going to be the University Coronavirus Information Dashboard. And so I'm actually looking at this website. So I'm so the percentages that I'm telling you here are directly from the Marshall University COVID Dashboard website. There are almost eighty percent of the students that are vaccinated. And the employees percentage is just about at 89%. We have, at this moment, we have 14 students who have been either tested or verified that they have some, I don't want to call it coronavirus because we we, we both know that the PCR tests are faulty. And we both know that the PCR test does not diagnose COVID. So they've got something. Um, there are five staff members right at this point in time that have also been diagnosed with something. So a positive rate of almost one and a half percent. 
Now, one of the things that we also know is that the, the people who were jabbed, if they got the saline, they're, they're probably going to be fine. They may come down with a flu or a cold, just as they would every fall. But we also know that the people who got the jabs with more, um, what, what do we, what do we want to call the, the stuff that goes in it? The bad crap? Sure. I, I have another word, but I yeah, the bad the bad stuff. And we know that there are three levels of these jabs. One is saline, one is medium strength bad stuff, and one is full strength bad stuff. And I believe that the full strength bad stuff, and this is just my opinion, so, you know, just take it with a grain of salt, but I think the people who got the full strength bad stuff probably keeled over already. They're already gone. But the people who got the medium strength bad stuff, those those people, if they got both uh, jab one and jab two, have now um, have now vastly reduced immune system veracity. So, you know, their immune systems won't be able to battle off a cold or a flu. And we've been at, at Marshall, it's been going around, I think it's now maybe week two where boosters have been, they've been advertising through email to everyone on the server system that the boosters are available. But I don't see anywhere on this website where it talks about boosters. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's right there in front of me. It says booster doses administered as of November 29th, sorry, November 9th, it was 46 boosters. Unbelievable. Last week on November the 4th, it was uh, 83. On November the 3rd, it was 90. So people are going out to get the boosters. But it looks like if I'm, if I'm taking a, a rough guess, it looks like there's less than 600 that have gotten a booster. And I know from having talked with my own colleagues that there are some people who are not going to do this booster. Oh, two is enough. Two is plenty. I've had enough. I'm done. Well, give this a listen I, real quick because this is from Miami University. I just popped. Uh, I've just popped open their site just to do a slight comparison here. And and what's interesting mm-hmm. is they're they're hiding their COVID nineteen thing in a, in a very interesting way. It's no longer plastered on their on their front page. It's actually in a very thin bar that runs right along the top of the uh, of the actual website where it meets the window of your actual web browser. So you're looking around on the actual page for it, and you can't see it until it's right there at the very top. And it says this. It says, uh, received in the past 14 days, active cases, student positive test 21, employee positive test 2. And then it says vaccination rates since October 27th. Oxford students, 92%. Regional students, 78%. And employees, 80%. And then it gets down into some of the more uh, descriptive terminology here. And I got to tell you, I can't for the life of me figure out why they would put themselves in such legal peril like this by saying this because it's completely false. The very first little white arrow with a red circle around it. It says Miami vaccine requirement. It says with the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine, we will now require every Miami University student, faculty, and staff member to be vaccinated against COVID-19 unless exempted. It's not FDA. It's not FDA approved. It's not FDA approved. No. Yes. I I have the, the August 23rd FDA letter, wherein they state, we are approving Comirnaty for BLA. Shoot, I remember, I forget what BLA stands for, but it's something like Business Licensing Agreement for Comirnaty. And the other Pfizer is still EUA. They're distinct, separate um, vaccines. Right. So, I, I, I... I don't know why they're doing. I don't. I don't understand why they think they can get away with this. But apparently, they think they can because nobody's stopped them yet. Yeah, and, and one of the things I keep hearing is that lawyers just don't want to touch this. There are lawyers yeah. out. There are lawyers out there that are, and 
I'm aware of some of them who are, but there are many that aren't. Because again, it just creates this giant snowball that uh, if it crashes, then it brings them down too. I mean, the, the, the legal system's been going along with this lie for this entire time. Right, but we're, we're slowly making our way through that, right? Because the Fifth Circuit Court said uh, just the other day, I don't, have the, I don't have it in front of me, but they basically said that the, they are sustaining, not sustaining, they are suspending the OSHA vax mandate. And OSHA came out yesterday, I grabbed their, their little blip, which said, okay, we're not doing anything because the Fifth Circuit Court said we can't. That was good, clearly. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a slow, slow process, I think. But again, I'm, I'm hearing more, just anecdotal, uh, a lawyer here, a lawyer there, going after companies for... Um, requiring these mandates, and didn't I just read that Oklahoma is now passing through their legislature a bill that is um, requiring employers to, let me, let, me get the, let me get the exact language, they're requiring employers who have mandated the jab to indemnify, basically, any employee that's experienced adverse reactions from the jab. So I mean it's it's a it's a slow process I guess, but I I'm still going to stick with my statement that I made with you in our last interview where where I said you know at some point lawyers are going to cast their um they're they're going to cast away their inhibitions uh, uh about going after employers and other other big entities because they're going to see that these entities have money. And they're going to want it. And I mean, this is this is the biggest no-brainer in the history of Earth. I mean, honestly. Really, all you have to do is read through the August 23rd letter that the FDA produced about that the Pfizer jab is still EUA. And the thing that was approved for business licensing agreement was Comirnaty. Two totally distinct, different vaccines. If I can put vaccines in quotes, because they're, to me, they're not vaccines. Yeah. And Comirnaty is not even produced in the United States and probably won't be ever. But the information in the letter was it's not going to be produced in the United States until 2024. So, and, you know, and what, it, did, it's, what, what did Pfizer say just yesterday? Uh, they came out and said that they're not going to release their information until 2072. 2076, 55 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll think about getting the jab in 55 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I mean, this is becoming comical at this point. You know, in a sick sort of way. Because those of us who are awake and aware are just sort of standing back in the, the, I think I'm up in the balcony seats of the stadium watching all this, saying, this is the, this is just, it's silly and it's sad. It's silly because w- with just two brain cells rubbing together, you could you could logically walk your way through this whole scenario and figure out that this is just a big con job. But it's sad because there's so many people who aren't awake who are just swallowing this hook, line, and sinker, and they're not using their common sense. They're not using any brain power at all. They're not... They're not asking any questions, and for anybody who is asking questions, they're ridiculing them, and 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 they're they're just taking all of this at face value. I, I maybe it's just me, and 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 I'm just one of those people that I just don't. I would rather think for myself than let anybody else do the thinking for me. That's that's maybe that's just me. And when you throw the money element into it as well. That really blinds a great deal of people because, again, these school boards, for example, they know full well that they're receiving federal funds to put a number of steps in place. And in order to keep getting that money, they have to, I mean, they have to show in writing what it is that they're doing. Right. And they've decided. But in, in writing. 
in writing. That's I know. I know. <laughs> they don't think that 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 would ever back up on them because again, they're going to use it. They're going to just use the defense of, well, we were told to do it this way. Well, we were just told. But again, what they don't yeah. understand is is that when they take an oath, it, they're not taking an oath. They're not taking an oath to, like you said, just follow people. They're taking an oath to to a, a plethora of laws that they have to follow, both federal, state, and local. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, just the money aspect. You, you just you, – you give them that much money, and they've never seen that much free money in all of their lives. What on earth makes a person think that a person who is, again, addicted to a position like that and is now being, I mean, re- again, receiving this money where they can use word manipulation and, you know, figure out what they really want to spend it on and tell people what they're doing with it. Um, what makes anybody believe they're just going to give that up and all of a sudden say, you know what, we don't need the CARES Act funds. We don't need the ESSER funds. We don't need all of that. I mean, one one of the things that I think is going on, and of course, it's I'm pretty provable, I think, is just the the case manipulation. I mean, you said earlier, right. yeah, we know that the tests don't work, but the case manipulation is allowing them to continue to justify their spending of money or hoarding of money. So in the mind of a criminal, I mean, they're just going to keep doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, even, you know, they've been incentivized to lie, cheat and steal, so they will. Um, interesting little factoid. Uh Yesterday afternoon, I was cruising around um, the WSAZ.com website, and it turns out that someone in West Virginia FOIA'd the Department of Education to find out how many students and teachers in the K-12 system have been jabbed. And apparently, nobody at the Department of Education thought to keep those records. Uh-oh. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> So who's the Department of Education think is, I mean, who do they think is keeping track? Did they pass the buck onto somebody else? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, in, the, in the article that I was reading about, they were, the, there was a, one of those jab clinics, but nobody kept track of who were teachers or who were students or who were just community members. All they had was a general... Um, count of how many jabs they'd given, and and <clears throat> it seemed to me that it was a pretty low number of jabs anyway. I think it was somewhere around fifty. So I, I I'm just thinking that we've we've gotten far enough along this trail that people are beginning to feel like they've been hoodwinked, or they've had their two jabs and that's it, they're done, or they've had their two jabs and they know somebody else who's been also jabbed twice and. Their outcomes were not so great. I also found it interesting that uh, across the world, world class athletes are dropping dead, literally on live TV. Literally on live TV. In fact, in my old stomping grounds of of Michigan, in the school district that I was raised up in, there was a a um, high schooler that was trying out for the basketball team and dropped dead on the court. A high schooler dropped dead on the court during tryouts for basketball. Twice jabbed. There you go. Yeah. So, so, you know, at some point, I think we're getting to the point now where people are beginning to, I don't know, have their bridle yanked on them and they're, they're, they're just kind of being brought up short and they're looking around going, Wait, wait a minute, what's going on? They're not quite awake, but they're, they know something's not quite right. Here they just continuously say we have to, you know, again, in the same breath, and I played it in the last podcast episode from the school board meeting on Monday, but they said, we're, we're tired of the masks, but we know that they help and they keep case rates down. And then just yes, just two days ago, one of their elementary schools has at least 25 plus students that are quote unquote quarantined now. And again, they're ja- they're jabbing five to 11 year olds now. I mean, parents, you know, you, yeah. I'm sure you've seen some of these just 
horrific videos of parents with their children bragging about how their child just got jabbed. Right. I mean, never, yeah, never, I know. <laughs> never before in the history of humans has such a has such a video ever taken place where people are actually bragging about jabbing their own children. Maybe yeah. that's part of the social media phenomenon. You know, they've got a virtue signal, so they they you know they put it out on social media. I, I don't know. Um, I I feel sorry for these parents. I'm I'm hoping that the majority of these jabs are saline. Man, I wish they were all saline, right? Yeah. But we know they're not. Um, Robin, so. I, Robin, I've heard people say, I've, I've heard people say this. They've said, um, I didn't have any side effects. Unfortunately, I think I got the placebo. Holy crap. Yeah. They should be getting down on their knees and thanking God they got the placebo. Exactly. That's how, that, that's how asleep some people are, is they... They actually don't understand that people are dying of this. And uh, like you said, and I agree with you, I think that there are, uh, that there's the potential for varying degrees of what is inside of them. Um, because again... Well, I took that right, I took that right off the FDA website. They said there were three types of jabs, three, three types of vaccines. One was going to be saline, and the other two were going to be varying degrees of the ingredients, one one medium strength and one full strength. So, I mean, I just took that right off the FDA website when they when they first came out. So I'm not I'm not talking out my right. rear end. Right. I, I'm I'm just saying what the FDA said, what Pfizer told the FDA, and the fact so, that, that and the fact that people don't seem to understand that they are the experiment. Right. Well, you know, it says right on the website, the Pfizer, the uh, FDA website. This is an experiment. <laughs> oh my God, it's <laughs> it's crazy, Sean. Yeah. yeah. It's it's absolutely nuts that people have fallen for this con job. I was going to call it something else, but I've I've been I've been trying to swear be be less like a drunken swearing sailor and more like a an academic that you know is refined and diplomatic uh, you can forget laugh it. at that <laughs> that's great you should uh, uh i don't know you should give that part up maybe but uh <laughs> <laughs> okay don't hold on too tight to that one yeah there you go um maybe we could talk a little bit about student perspectives because in my class um about maybe about a month ago, I put up on the board, I wrote up on the board, um, Dr. Zelenko's website and a local physician in our area that is following the Zelenko protocols. I put her website up there too. And I, because I've been speaking about Pfizer and Moderna in, in a, in the, because I teach economics, I've been speaking about them <clears throat> in the sense of how much money they've been making from the federal government and in and the knock-on effects effects of what we've been seeing with these jabs around the country and around the world, and so I've I figured after eight weeks of of I don't want to call it harping, but I know that's what I've been doing of harping on um, how these have been having detrimental side effects. And I thought, well, you know, after having looked at the the university website for how many people have been jabbed. I thought, well, maybe some of my students have been jabbed. I mean, it's possible some of my students have been jabbed. Sure. So I put this information information about the Zelenko protocols and Dr. Zelenko's website up there. And I had several students get up and take pictures of the information because either either they themselves or, or they have family members who have been jabbed. And and now they're beginning to... Um, in fact, I have... A, I, can think of two students right off the top of my head that they are they are not jabbed, but their one or more of their family members are, and now their family members are are having some fairly bad uh, adverse adverse effects. Um, you know, to the point where I think I think several of them are going to lose family members, and they know this. The students do. 
So, so the students are, the students are by ones and twos coming to me and saying, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, my grandparents, you know, have been jabbed. And in fact, I had, I had two students come to me and say, not only are both our parents jabbed twice, they've all went to get the booster. Oh my God. And I just thought, oh Lord have mercy. We're going to be, we're going to be up to our eyeballs and funerals. And, and they know that. The students know that. Yeah. They know what's coming. And, and I just want to hug them and say, I'm, I'm so sorry. But, but it's not like the information got to anybody late. Because I've asked, you know, did, did you know, did your family know what the adverse effects could be? And they said, well, you know, not at first, not way back in January or February, but as time went on and we started hearing things, then we started putting the story together. So by the time they got to my class in the fall, they're all fairly certain they've been conned. But for those who have been jabbed, they're, they're not quite sure. And I've had students come to me and say, I, I've been jabbed, what do I do? I had one student come to me this week and say, I, I gave in to peer pressure and I went ahead and got jabbed. Am I screwed? And I said, well, I, I don't think so, but, you know, go to those websites that I showed you and see what you can do. They're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, I'm a big believer in leaning on God for answers and then doing what he suggests to do. Because, you know, God is the great physician. He can heal all. But if, only if you listen to him. So the, student, the students are, at least in my class, and because Marshall is such a small campus, I'm, I'm beginning to think it's a lot like the um, Victorian Internet. You know, whatever gets spoken about in my class gets spread around to other people in other classes. And I'm absolutely certain that these students can't keep their mouths shut about what we talk about. So I know this information is getting spread around campus. That's great. I just don't, I just don't know how adamant the students who have been jabbed twice are going to be to say, no, I'm, I'm done. I've had enough. Are they going to give in to peer pressure? Um, and I've had students say, "By my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, you know, some family member is now pressuring me to go get the booster." Well, and and, and I've sort—I of, don't mean to sound heartless, but at that point, you know, after we're twelve weeks into the semester, I look at them. I say, "Well, you know, before you go get that booster, if you're really going to go get it, then stop by the funeral home and pick out a coffin because that's where you're going to end up." And it's the exact same environment as we've discussed in the past. It's the same environment that taught us as children to not give in to drugs and peer pressure to use drugs. And now here these environments are doing that very thing under the, yeah. gu under the guise of it clearly being good for everybody. If that were the case, yeah. if it were actually the case that it was good for everyone, then the attendance rate at all of these universities would be through the roof. No one would be wearing a mask. Everybody would be doing whatever they wanted to do. It's just, it's the absolute flip of, every, of, of common sense and everything that we were raised uh, to, to know and believe. But unfortunately, yeah. you're seeing a generation of young people and you're seeing the result of what they weren't taught when they were younger. Yeah, well, here's another, it's not anecdotal, but the University of Michigan is one of, I think they've got something like 90% of students, faculty, and staff jabbed, and they've had such a huge outbreak of, put COVID in quotes, they've had such a huge outbreak of COVID that the CDC went up there to find out what's going on. Well, I can tell you what's going on. You've destroyed their immune systems in and, and, and Michigan unlike Southern Ohio here, Michigan, it's already winter and, and they're, they're fully into their cold and flu season. And because people's immune systems are completely trashed, they're getting sick. Yeah. And they don't have the, they don't have, they don't have the immune system to, to fight that. And again, they, you know, they start getting on airplanes here in the next week, next month to go on their, you know, holiday breaks and holiday vacations. I mean, 
that's where the real uh, transmission of illness is going to take place as well. Right, right. Well, I'm at this point, I'm a big believer in not getting on airplanes either. I mean, um, 100%, somebody, yeah. somebody put together just a list of small plane uh, crashes. Um, really weird small plane accidents where they've crashed and nobody's walked away. And it turns out that in, if you do a little digging, which this person did, it turns out that the pilots have all been jabbed. And we know that we know, we know that, um, the medical doctor for the, for the pilots in the Navy, she grounded 4,000 pilots because they got the jab and, and, they know that blood clots form when when altitude changes. So you know, I'm I'm not going to get on a plane if if the entire flight crew is jabbed. That's just silly. It's like asking for an accident. Getting in the car. Take some common sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, it, and it's it, like we've talked too. It, you know, it's happening in the military. And I even saw again Oklahoma. A lot of lot of news out of Oklahoma recently as well oh, with, yeah. with the military and uh, how the Pentagon uh, is is thinking on designating them a militia because they don't want to get jabbed. And right. I, and the entire National Guard. The entire National Guard of Oklahoma is not going to get jabbed. There, so there you go. Well, that's okay. Exactly. States are allowed to have their own militias. Of course, it's <laughs> in the Constitution. I mean, I'm I'm saying to myself, so what's what's the downside to this? Right. We have right. a well trained militia who doesn't want to who exactly. doesn't want to take a poison. Great. Yeah. Well, works works for me. Oklahoma's leading the charge. No kidding. So I think. I think there are there are slivers of silver linings wherever we look, really and truly. I mean, if you if if you're if you're out looking in the mainstream media, you're not going to see it because they're lying to us, and they've been allowed to lie to us since Obama signed in 2013 the Anti-Smith-Munt Act. The Smith-Munt Act was signed in 1947 where Congress said that, that we have to have a media that tells us the truth. Well, Obama signed the law that says, no, nope, it's, it's okay, the media can lie to us. So they've been lying to us full-on, full-bore since 2013. So if you're looking for silver linings in the mainstream media, you won't find it. You, you have to go to the alternative media to find things, to find the truth. And it's the alternative media that's going to take our mainstream media's place because... We're not going to, going and stepping into this new, um, the new future that we're building, we're, we're going to have a media that's, that will be telling us the truth. So I also read on Monday that CNN is, I think they're merging with Time Warner and they're going to remove all of their talent. I saw and that. And replace it. They're, they're going to go back to just talking the news. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. Time time will tell on that one, no doubt about it. But yeah, I mean that's yeah. if the, if they're going to take a bulldozer to that entire place, I say go for it. Yeah. So there there are lots of silver linings and I think it's because when you run a hoax for too long, people get wise to it. And I think we're at the point where where a lot of the can I call them normies, where a lot of the normies are they're they know something's wrong. They're not quite sure what, so they're at the verge of waking up, and they're going to start discovering things that they really don't want. They really should have just stayed asleep. They should have stayed in the matrix. They should have taken the blue pill, but as soon as they take the red pill, they're going to be awake forever, and then they're really going to be they're really going to be pissed. Um, and and it makes me wonder also when students young people in K-12 start dropping dead and their parents cannot look away from the fact that they encourage that child to get the jab. So, you know, parents are going to be mad. They're, they're going to be more than mad. They're going to be really pissed off. So I, I think we're coming to, I think we're coming to the point where it's no longer possible for the truth to be hidden. 
the truth is coming out. And, and that's a good thing, in my opinion. I agree with you. And uh, we've talked about, you know, the jab buses, for example, in the past. One of the things, of course, that's happened here, and I was running under the assumption that um, the local school district here was going to do uh, have a jab bus just kind of parked in their parking lot, and people could go in one door and then either walk out or fall out of the, you know, fall out of the exit door. But they're actually setting it up inside of the cafeteria inside of the school. Oh my goodness! And they again in the last board meeting they were bragging about how they're so happy that they got to be able to set this up with the county health department and that uh they're so glad that they got a date chalked up for November 20th and then they have a date chalked up for January 8th and uh they've already got 110 plus people signed up for this coming Saturday and I'm saying to myself again a number of different things. Number one, I, we know that they're not providing any informed consent. None, zero. Right. Number two, yeah. they actually think again that they're helping people. But then I thought, number three, if no one's there to actually film someone lose their life or have an adverse reaction, you know they would do whatever they had to do because schools are in the business of image protection and covering up everything that they possibly can. How on earth would you hide such a thing that something like that happened? And then would their cognitive dissonance be so intact that they would actually just kind of chalk it up to a one-off accident and then just continue jabbing people? I mean... I'll go with the last one. Yeah, I think you're right. I really do. I, I just, I, I ha so my question for the last several weeks has been how many people have to die? I mean, literally have to die before nurses and doctors finally wake up. How many people have to die? I, I think even seeing it, like, like you just said, I think someone even seeing it, they wouldn't be able to to put two and two together on something like that. They wouldn't be able to say, well, they fell over, now they're shaking, well, now they're not moving. It, eh, it's not because of the jab. They probably just have some right. underlying condition. Right. Well, let's let's see if we can try and explain away these world-class athletes that are dropping dead. Soccer players, rugby players, um, you know, across the world. Yeah. Uh, I, I read that, I read that the, I think the guy, he might be Austrian, could be Australian, but the number one world, um, tennis player is refusing the jab and people are jumping all over him. And I'm sure at some point he's going to point around and go, yeah, but all those other people, all these other world-class athletes have taken the jab or two or a booster, you know, two plus a booster and now they're dead. I mean, it, it's. It, the, the truth will not be hidden. The truth will come out. It'll 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 weasel itself out until it's right in front of your face. And, and I I also just find it remarkably interesting how how quickly individuals within their own professions, again in particular in sport, are willing to throw one another under a bus over over this issue over the actual issue of injecting yourself with something that has proven to not work. I mean, I heard an audio clip a couple of weeks back from Terry Bradshaw, of all people, uh, you know, <sighs> calling out Aaron Rodgers and calling him uh, a liar and a, you know, a, a, whatever words he used, a traitor, a fool, something like that, because he was misleading people about uh, his vaccination status and that he should just get it to help people because it works and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying to myself again, mm -hmm. If someone's taking medical advice from Terry Bradshaw, you're going to get the result that you deserve. Exactly. No, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is was very wise. I think he I think when I was listening to one of his interviews, he, he said I did some research, I looked these things up, I decided it wasn't for me. No. His his body, his choice. Don't don't we remember that? My body, my choice. <laughs> yeah, what happened to that? Yeah. What happened to that? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm 
you know, good for Aaron Rodgers. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did what was best for him. Um, I think that as far as so going back to university, I think that there are an awful lot of people at Marshall who who some of whom are beginning to wake up. For example, I heard one of my coworkers who got two jabs, and when when asked, when, you know, because I was <clears throat> we were hanging out in a a Teams meeting. Microsoft Teams, and we're waiting for our committee meeting to start. And, you know, everybody's kind of virtue signaling about how they got the jabs, and somebody said they got the booster. And and then um, I, I watched one of my colleagues sit and shake his head, and someone said, you know, what's the matter? Aren't you going to go get a booster? And he goes, no. No, I had my two jabs. That's plenty. But, but. He's he's an active part of his church, and I think he's beginning to see things. And I think he because he did not look he did not look comfortable. Uh, he did not look comfortable in the sense that I think he's beginning to see in his church people who have had the jab that are now having adverse adverse effects. Yeah, he he looks scared. When, when they started, you know, talking up this booster, he looked scared. There you go. So it's too bad it took all that, but yeah, yeah. Let me let, let me mention this one story uh, as well, because again, this is one of those things that you know I've I've brought up on numerous occasions, just with the, the environment dynamic of of a school environment and the proximity of of people. And of course, if they're jabbed, then they're transmitting their ill effects onto other people just via proximity. But uh, on Stu Peters the other day, I saw this video clip, and I just wanted to get your take again from from the school perspective because people aren't even taking this kind of thing into account: the transmissibility of of the jab. Um, a mother, a divorced mother who is in the health profession, but, you know, sort of the alternative health profession. She knows exactly what these jabs are. She hasn't taken them. And she told her uh, ex-husband, who she shares custody with, with their young daughter, who I believe is 12 years old, that um, she didn't want him to get the jabs because of the, uh, the transmissibility of, of, of what's going on here. And that if their 12-year-old daughter is around him, then that puts her health at risk. And he blew it off, and he got two jabs. And then she uh, was engaging in visitation, the, the child was, and started to bleed um, vaginally. And then they rushed her to the doctor, and they found blood clots. Um, yep. Again, Yeah. Pumped, pumped her full of drugs to try to reduce it as best they could. Um, the mother took the child back when it was her turn. They ran through some detox methods, uh, which seemed to help a little bit, but um, and it was kind of okay, I guess, at that point, and then ended up going back with the dad, and then the exact same thing happened again. You know, it's it's all, it's as if, and I've seen these videos too, that the individuals who have taken the jabs are radioactive. They will, they will literally, someone will walk up who has not been jabbed with a, uh, a Geiger meter, an EMF reader, and they'll put it on them and it, it starts beeping and the number skyrockets and you name it. And then they put it on themselves having not been jabbed. And then it, it, it shows zero levels of anything. The school environment itself is not only advocating for the jabs, and again, it, the, the local school district here, almost 100% of them are jabbed, just the staff members alone. Now, of course, you've got, you've got countless 12 to 18-year-olds who are jabbed, and now they're, they're applauding one another and patting each other on the back that, oh, thank God, the 5 to 11-year-olds can now get it. I mean, it's an unhealthy environment now. Not just for the jabbed, but for those children walking around who are never going to get the shot. Now they're in a room with their jabbed peers and their jabbed teachers. Um, and, you know, uh, again, in, in the middle of all of this, it's just going to be chalked up to will they have the flu? 
or oh, it's a it's a it's the Delta variant. Flu the the flu doesn't cause vaginal bleeding <laughs> out of nowhere. No, it doesn't cause no. blood clots. Um, you know th- that's that's one of the hidden agendas here that's going on that I that again. The people running these schools probably don't know, aren't thinking about, and again, neither are the students themselves for the most part. Uh, I just, I can't imagine an awake student still attending, knowing about the proximity aspect of the transmissibility. That's, that's about all I had to say on that, but I wanted to, I don't know, get your take and whether or not that's even been brought up. Has anybody even mentioned that? Like, hey, if I'm around the jabbed and I'm not, you know, is that gonna is that gonna do anything to me? Is that something you've brought up in your class? I haven't brought that up um, of the spike proteins and such. Um, it probably scared the shit out of them, frankly. Well, I think I've I think I've done a pretty good job of uh, scaring the crap out of the students, anyway. I, I know I've scared the crap out of the administration. I did that in the first week, so I, I you know, I'm got my got my to do list, and I'm checking it off pretty quickly. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but but I have noticed a, a a faster decline in attendance than what I normally see uh, during the during the semester, and so I don't know if students are staying away. Um, I'm, I, I have talked with students who are unjabbed, who, um, who know other students who are unjabbed, who are not showing up, and they've confessed to me that the students who are not showing up are not feeling well. Not, not sick, just not feeling well. And so, you know, I keep, I keep pointing them back towards the, the, the Linko protocols. Um, I think that we... I think that at some point, information is going to start pouring forth actual, real live, peer review, scientific articles about the transmissibility and the spike proteins and the adverse effect that the spike proteins have, not just on the blood cells themselves, but in the blood system and on various organs. And I, I think at that point, then I've got something that I can actually hand out to students and say, Okay, it might you know this this better late than never kind of thing, but, but I keep pointing them towards Zelenko protocols. Um, for some students who are more awake, I've pointed them towards uh, N-acetylcysteine and and some of the uh, amino acids that you can take that will help your blood and your muscles and your organs clean themselves. Um, saying you know you might want to you know check with your doctor, see if this sounds like something that would work for you. Um, I'm not giving medical advice. I'm just pointing them in directions where I think with some with some guidance from uh, not just nurse practitioners, but doctors who are awake and know what's going on, that they can, they can actually help guide themselves towards better health. Does that make any sense? It does. I'm not a medical doctor, but I've done enough research to know that there are there are things that I'm doing for myself to protect myself. Um, and all I can say is, this is what I'm doing. Check with your doctor or your nurse practitioner, and you know if they're awake, and and see what you think. But I'm not, you know, I'm not telling anybody what to do. Right. Yeah, we have to be our own doctors because, again, the only difference yeah. between these doctors and us is that they're taking money from companies to just dish out drugs and we aren't. And it's pretty evident that we're doing a little more reading than they are. Well, we're definitely, we're, we're definitely informing ourselves on things that maybe some people just don't want to look at. And, and, you know, when you think about it, Sean, if you wanted to bring down a communist education system, what would be the fastest way to do it? The way they're doing it right now. Yeah, so I think we're going to, what we're going to see is we're going to see a stark divide. I think we're going to see parents who refuse to send their children into these cesspools of uh, side effects, spike proteins and transmission. They're going to keep their, they're going to keep their students home and do homeschooling. 
and then you're going to have a vast majority of K-12 students who are who are sick or getting sick. And you know, when you get a when you get a bunch of uh, faculty or teachers, if if you've got a hundred percent jab in your teachers and your staff, and and only fifty percent go down. If you don't have a school system. In fact, Saginaw Valley Schools a couple of weeks ago up in Michigan, they had to shut down because they had so many teachers that were out sick. They had to shut down. They didn't have enough subs. Yeah. That, and that's just one, one school system. What happens when, you know, and like I said, in Michigan, they're already in the cold and flu season. So not a big surprise that two weeks ago, because their their weather turns colder faster than ours does, not a big surprise that, you know, that they they've got a big sick out. But 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 you know, this is this this is man, if you wanted to take down communism in a country, this would be the way to do it, right? You get you get um a, a portion of the country that absolutely refused to buy into the BS that's being shoveled, and you get an, another big portion of the country that goes ahead and buys into it, and, you know, over the course of time, maybe a year, you begin to see who are the wiser people. And at some point, the, the people who have bought into it, there's going to be a percentage of them that don't make it. They, 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 they you know, I, and I hate to say Lee, I hate to sound like a doomer. I really do. Yeah. But I, I think our between you and me, our main complaint about the K twelve system and even even higher education is it is designed and structured as a communist system. Correct. Well, the only way to take that down is to remove it. You, you can't. You, there's no way to fix it. You can't fix it. You yeah. have to remove it. And there's no, and we're going to see that happen. Well, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that um, there there have been too many lies here, and the, and I and I don't think that. I mean, I know they're going to try. They're going to fight tooth and nail to do whatever they have to do to cover up what's coming and what is already going on. I I just I I just pray that they don't get away with it, and that they won't, and that it becomes so obvious. As to what they've done, that that people will look at an institution and say, "Why on earth would I ever go there? Look what you did in the past." Right. Exactly. You didn't do your due well, diligence, and, for, and there you have it. Yeah. Yeah, but those would be for the institutions that actually survive this. There's going to be a lot of institutions that just disappear. They're just going to go away. Yeah. They're going to be sued into oblivion, or. They will have given so many of their faculty, staff, and students the jab that there's just, it's a vacant campus. Yep, I agree. I'll tell you what, there's another, uh, one last subject I wanted to bring up here. I don't know how much more time you have, but there was an article here, and it shifts gears a little bit, but it's kind of in the same vein. Um, uh, this was from yesterday, the conservative Treehouse, and it's titled CEO of American trucking association reveals that 37% of truckers will not comply with vaccine mandate it says the con- uh-huh. the consequences would collapse supply chains and civic society. I want to play this, um, this one minute clip of the CEO talking over zoom. Yeah. And, and just kind of get your take. So let me play this and give it a listen. When we're talking about how the drivers would uh, feel about a, ma- a vaccine mandate. What, what what kind of reactions are you getting from them on that? Just all of them required for a vaccine to do business. Yeah, I, I want to be clear and qualify this that this isn't about being pro or anti vax for us. Um, you know, we've been we've been moving the vaccine PPE and test kits. So this is uh, something our industry is very forward leaning on. Uh, but in our sample survey of our fleets. Uh, it, it came back as 37% of our drivers not only said no, but hell no. Now, let's just take a conservative number. Let's just say 3.7%, not 37%, were to actually leave rather than get the vaccine. That'd be catastrophic. We're already short 80,000. That's going to inflate to a quarter million. So for us, 
you know, we've tried to be very clear with the administration that if you do this, I understand the logic behind it, but if you do this, these are the consequences. So if you're trying to solve the supply chain problem, you know, you're actually compounding it and actually hurting the very problem that you're trying to fix on the vaccine side. So, you know, be careful what you wish for here. Uh, I also don't think, Congressman, that OSHA has the jurisdiction to do this. What do you think? Yeah. Well, OSHA does not have the jurisdiction to do this, and they know that. That's why they backed off when the Fifth Circuit Court said you got to stop. Um, but, but the second thing is that if we have a quarter of a million truckers who are not going to be trucking, not only is that going to break the supply chain, it's going to break everything else. And what about this assumption? And I, I find this greatly amusing. You hear these uh, CEOs kind of giving a warning to the, the Brandon administration that, you know, if this is not fixing the problem, what on earth makes them make the assumption that the administration is there to help? They're doing this on purpose. This is intentional. They intend to break the supply. They intend to drive our country to its knees. That's, that's their intention. I don't understand how people don't see this. Right. Every single thing the Brandon administration has done since the day they got into office was to do things to hurt us. It, it, it's, not, it's not an accident. These are intentional acts to cripple the United States of America. And, and as far as I'm concerned, they have committed treason since the day they got into office. They, they probably committed treason to get into office because we know they stole the election. Yep. We know they committed massive election fraud, not just voter fraud, but election fraud. So the people who come away with this, uh, the fundamental assumption of, you know, the, the government is here to help is vastly mistaken. Remember what... Remember what Frisco Dancania said in Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. If you meet a contradiction, if you if you find a contradiction, it's because one of your premises is faulty. Go back to the beginning and find out what your assumption was. You'll find one of them is wrong. That's what a contradiction is there. That's the heads up that the contradiction tells you, is that one of your assumptions, one of your premises is wrong. So go back and check your premise. So the premise that the administration is here to help is completely, completely incorrect. I mean, you have you have CEOs of gigantic corporations saying, don't do this, you're not helping. They're on purpose not helping. And And I think when we get more people waking up to that fact that these actions that the Brandon administration has taken on purpose to cripple us, you're going to see more and more people wake up. So all of this is connected, right? It's, you, this is a, a very nicely woven tapestry of how an administration can bring to fruition communism in America. It's all woven together. COVID, the vaccine, the Brandon administration, all of it. And I know I'm not calling it the correct administration, but hey, let's go Brandon these days, right? <laughs> Why not? Why not? So, I, I mean, all of this, and it's all working to our advantage because they, because the Brandon administration and their puppet masters have had to push so fast to make communism in America um, take root and manifest, that people are beginning to wake up. You know, we've been watching this. If you're, if you are at all interested in history, you can go back into the 1870s um, when the legislature began the footwork for the communists to take over America. Go back, have your audience go back and check out the legislative actions in 1871 and how our constitution was undermined. And then take a look at what happened when um, the Rockefeller Foundation and some of these um, accrediting bodies for universities began around 1915 to undermine our higher education platforms. And then how it moved from 
higher education down into the K-12 system after World War II. So, I mean, this is, it was a very, very slow-moving creature. The problem is, is that Trump got into office in 2016, and he had four years, four years to stop and reverse all of it. And so now they've, they've been thrown off their plans, right? They're, they're thrown off track, so now they're going full bore, pedal to the metal, all the way, as fast as they can. Well, that's what wakes people up. And, and I, think the, I think Americans will wake up in mass. It won't take too much longer now. We will get to a tipping point of the number of citizens who say, no, we're not doing this. We're not following your communist ways. I mean, look at Oklahoma. They've already said, ah, that's okay. Our, our, our National Guard can be a state militia. That's cool. We're good with that. And I noticed that um, Ohio is working through legislature to remove um, uh, prohibitions against concealed carry. Yep. So, you know, so it's, it, it's a slow process to get the sheep to wake up, but as soon as you get a tipping point of people awake, more and more people will be awoken after that. So I think this is going... At least for Americans, I can't speak about what's going on in other countries. I'm sure that their dictatorial governments are being found out and and people around the world are saying, no, we don't want this evil. We don't want communism. We don't want a new world order. We want you to leave us alone. We want to live in freedom. And I think that this is, I think this is the last stand for evil on earth. I think that... The evil has been here as long as humans have, and I think that now that the veil is being ripped open so the sunlight can shine everywhere, people can see the cockroaches scurrying. The cockroaches have always been there. Evil has always been with us, but now we can see it. Now it's up in our face, and we're kind of, some of us are recoiling in horror, but then at the same time, we're setting our feet. We're saying, no, we're not going to let this happen not anymore. And that and that's that's what the Great Awakening is all about. Where people set their feet, take their stand and say, No, evil will not live here anymore. And we'll dispatch it. Watch and see. We will dispatch it. And and it will be much easier in the future as people's um I'm gonna kind of coin a phrase, they're truthometers. You know, we we've we've got a truth center in us where when we hear truth, we know it's true. It's not propaganda because we've done enough education. We've informed ourselves enough that we know the truth when we hear it and we know the BS when it comes at us. And and at some point in the not too distant future, even our children and our grandchildren will have these truth centers so strong and so sensitized that when they hear the BS coming at them, they're going to go, nope, mm -mm, nope, we're not, we're not doing that. That will take us down the wrong road. So this is, if, if you will, this is like living through Revelations, the book of Revelations. But remember, who wins at the end of the book? Who wins? God wins. The good guys. The good guys always win. Now, it might have taken us 8,000 years to get here. But this plan has been in place from the beginning. If you, are, if you are an avid Bible reader, you will know that the bad guys only have an allowance to do a certain amount. They've, they've, the, Satan has a little bit of time, really, in the whole scheme of things. He's got a little bit of time to fool as many people as possible. But it doesn't work when people wake up. And people are waking up. And they they are refusing, declining to go down that road that will take them to slavery and misery and death. And so I think I think we are seeing large pieces of truth shine through. The sun is the best disinfectant on earth. And I think that I think at the end of this, we will have shaken from our the dust of our feet of the the evil ways that, that, that people have been 
latching on to for six or eight thousand years. And we're going to shake that dust off our feet and we're going to walk into a new future. All of us, those of us who are awake. Some of us won't make it because they've taken the jab that's the really bad stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll bid them farewell and, and we'll move on. We'll make this world a better place. Go ahead and provide um, your website to the audience as well. And when's the next time uh, you're going to be on Frank's show? Ah, okay. So my website is linksync.com, and I'll spell it for you. It's L-Y-N-C-S-Y-N-C.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-Y-N-C.com. And the next time I'm going to be on the Quite Frankly show, I think, is December the 8th. It's early in December. And we're going to be talking about consumerism. And, uh, and I, I think we'll have some interesting, some interesting conversation on that. And that's quitefrankly.tv, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you, Robin. You're quite welcome, Sean. And thank you for being the very brave and courageous warrior for all of us that you have been. And man, you've got my, my everlasting support and prayers for your continued success. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.